Hello and welcome back to the Replatform podcast. It's myself, James, and joined as always by co-host Paul Rogers. Mr. Rogers, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, good, thanks. Bit of a flurry. Um, yeah, getting ready for this uh, after a very long call, but yeah, good. What about you? Yeah, you've, you've had a much more uh, challenging afternoon of preparation. I've just had to stop my dog barking. That's it. It's a, it's a really hard day for me. Yeah, equally as challenging, I'm sure. <laughs> I find just putting food in him in his area seems to sort him out. So hopefully we'll have silence now. Um, so cool. So we're on to another exciting topic and we're talking about e-commerce performance and e-commerce performance has been like a hot topic amongst uh, e- e-commerce teams and, and wider digital teams for a while now, uh, ever since the understanding of page speed impacts on user experience, on conversion, you know, it being um, amplified from a, a search point of view and a ranking factor for mobile websites on Google and much smarter metrics now for measurement performance about, you know, we've got the arrival of web vitals. We've got additional metrics such as cumulative layout shift that's given CX and UX teams even more to think about and and, and more meaningful uh, metrics for measuring some of the, the issues that have often played delivering great experience online. But sitting behind this is, is the whole question of, of what improves performance? How do you how do you actually quantify, and measure it, and what are the right tools and uh, and techniques to do that? So, really happy today to be welcoming on um, the team from uh, from Yotto, which is a website acceleration specialist, and get them to tell you more about exactly what they are and what they do in a minute. But they're going to talk to us around how speed can be improved, what what sort of results can be achieved by e-commerce teams. They've also got a wealth of experience of having worked with a lot of different businesses. So, uh, delighted to welcome Bob and Richard uh, to the podcast today. Welcome, gents. It's great to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having us on. Uh, well, thanks for uh, taking the time to join us. So if you'd like to, could you give the listeners an intro to who you both are and what you do, and then give us your elevator pitch. You know, you know, what, what is Yotto? What's the need for it? And what does it do for, for e-commerce teams? Sure. So I'm Rich Stendardo. I'm the CEO at Yoda. Uh, Yoda has an enterprise SaaS platform that makes e-commerce sites and, and now D2C brands as well. Um, sites go faster um, with a higher quality experience and a more secure experience. Uh, we do this for some of the largest brands in e-commerce, uh, up to folks like Ralph Lauren and Carter's, and all the way through to some of the most innovative brands that are running in e-commerce right now as well. So folks that are you know breakthrough brands like Four Ocean, uh, Blenders, uh, and now working with your team, uh, the sports edit as well. So yeah, we're out there helping everybody achieve great performance for their sites because, as you said, it's become table stakes. Yeah, and I'm Bob Buffon. I'm the CTO and founder here at Yoda. Um, been doing this 12 years since uh, since a long time ago. Um, I mean, we really just got started by me and my co-founder really were building these really large scale web applications. And we noticed like the traditional CDN and optimization approaches weren't really helping. And we were noticing that a lot of other people were doing the same thing. So we really started building best practices. And as Rich said, sort of built this SaaS application that can help people with their web performance. Fantastic. Thanks for the intro. And yeah, that's, I think that's quite an interesting point about the, the differentiation between some of the, I guess, the historical ways people would just put something like a CDN up and hope that that would solve all their problems versus actually properly tune in 
um, whether it's application, front end, third party script. So, what what be interesting is, is how did you get started with the Like, was was the intention when you first started thinking about a a, a product and a and a brand to speed up websites, or or has your proposition changed over time? Uh, yeah, that's well. So. Primarily from the very beginning of Yoda, we were focused on web performance. We knew there's a lot of other things we we could do once we started speeding up the website and security and analytics and all the other things that go into into managing websites. But it really started with web performance. We just really wanted to make websites faster. Um, in the beginning, we really didn't tell our focus on e-commerce. It was really more like when you're getting started, like you can't focus on like the biggest brand. You got to go um, and build up that network and that customer base. So we were really getting started on small non-e-commerce websites and then started getting smaller e-commerce websites and then getting the, the larger websites that we have today. But it was primarily always focused on e-commerce. The product has changed a lot since the beginning because the web keeps changing um, and browsers keep changing and customers keep changing their websites but they've really been focused on security or on performance great um so we've been working with you guys a bit recently so we've got two clients that have just done proof of concepts and then both started working with you now um and the big focus for them was kind of optimizing third-party js so they're both shopify stores both use a number of kind of third-party apps and uh solutions um so I guess like what what is it you're doing there in terms of optimizing the third-party javascript um yeah and how and how exactly does it work just to give a bit of an introduction yeah i mean so i mean it basically works like this like we've seen for probably the last seven seven years eight years that the third parties are the primary um performance um issue on websites um once facebook pixel got loaded up and google analytics and it really just started creating this wealth of third-party integrations that were happening in the browser. And all of those things um, add a lot of performance. And today we're seeing probably 60% or more of the resources and performance challenges attributed to the third parties. Um, so the way our product works is really more about the prioritization and um, scheduling of those third parties so that they can still deliver their benefit. Like all these third parties have great benefit for the websites, whether it's a review system or analytics or personalization, they all have great benefits that help the e-commerce websites. But the way in which the browsers and applications install them and they're delivered to the visitors is very is very just sort of haphazard. And the way that we do that is really by setting the prioritization and scheduling. So it's not interfering with the core function of the website. It renders really fast and it delivers the user experience. And then we sort of layer in those third parties so that they deliver their optimal impact at their appropriate time. And Bob doesn't really take enough credit here because he's led this team that has uh, developed a number of different technologies that make this work. But one of them that I think is most important uh, is this uh, technology called context intelligence. That allows us to know where a individual consumer is kind of in their context or, or their journey, uh, what device they're on, where in the world they are, how fast the network is, even where, how big and, and where in the viewport they are. Uh, that 
technology then feeds data back to the Yoda engine and dynamically optimizes every page view. So this core fundamental building block really fueled by data across now hundreds of millions of page views uh, per day that we're optimizing really enables us now to uniquely optimize the way all those third parties are scheduled, as Bob said, and make those sites run faster. So while it feels very simple to make a site run faster sometimes, uh, we're doing it uniquely for every consumer with every touch on every page load uh, as they navigate across a, a consumer site. Uh, and when all of that is put together, um, you get the great results that uh, that you guys have already seen for Yoda, you know, up to 60% faster page speed. Um, great. And um, we've talked about a CDN briefly and how historically that might have been considered um, kind of, I guess, like an isolated approach for improving performance. Um, so your offering as a business includes a CDN and a WAF um, and various other kind of bits to it, I guess. How does, um, how does, how does the product differ from something like Cloudflare or Fastly when it comes to the CDN specifically? Yeah, so, I mean, CDNs are a necessary part of like any like any high performance or enterprise application delivery system. Like they're just super necessary, um, but they're really insufficient in that performance optimization. Like it really is really about sort of cheating the speed of light and getting the assets closer. Where our system really focuses in on the content optimization. Like we were talking about like the optimization of the third parties, but with our full acceleration platform, we're really focusing on the optimization of the HTML, the CSS, the images, so that when our, so that our context intelligence, when it sees that an user is in London on a mobile device, they can deliver the optimal experience for that user compared to myself who's in Boston on a laptop may get a different set of optimizations. That really provides the sufficient amount of optimization to really fundamentally change how the application is delivered so that you have optimal performance for every end user. Great. Um, and then Another question um, that I think is quite important or something that I guess I thought was quite interesting when we were working with you with those two clients, um, how do you measure the impact of the different products and how do you then communicate that back to the client? I know you did a lot of, uh, yeah, really interesting analysis um, and kind of put together a bit of a business case for Yotta. So how do you communicate that kind of commercial value around the performance improvements? That, that's a fantastic question. And I think something that's top of mind for everyone who um, sees a slow page load and says, hey, how, how, do I, how do I get faster, but how do I prioritize this project also among all the things that I could be doing to help improve my site? Um, and so we think about it from a couple of perspectives. It, one is the pure technical improvement in page speed. Um, we know that when you turn on Yoda, as I said, you can make your site up to 60% faster. Uh, and typically what we'll do within our analytics uh, is provide a view of that. Uh, so when you use Yoda, you're getting your site faster on every single page view for all of your customers. But on the back end, your team gets a portal that shows you how things are loading, 
uh, both from a performance perspective, but then you know across all the traffic and different devices, um, where there might be uh, errors, where new third parties are being um, brought online. Uh, so you get an enormous amount of visibility there. And part of the visibility that we then give is the ability to hold back a control segment. And so while uh, you may have Yoda deployed to make every page run faster, you might decide to hold back 1% of the traffic uh, to get a good view of how much faster all of those pages are running when they're treated, right? when Yoda's running, um, versus that control. So you get a really clear and crisp view of how much faster everything's running, and that goes right to uh, those great customer experiences. Then there's the other side where for a lot of teams, they're, they're saying, how do I actually measure the business impact of this? You know, how, how much does speed drive conversion rate for my site? And again, Yoda's on 1,500 websites now, um, making all of those run faster and better. And we've collected a ton of data um, across what we call communities. Um, so across uh, potentially all the customers on a platform, so Salesforce or Shopify, um, but then also within a cohort, you can look across um, you know, all the, the folks that are using Yoda on sites that are related to shoes. Um, and we bring all that data together with a lot of conversion data, and we can share that um, with our customers so they can see a benchmark across their individual segments. Beyond that, we're also able to capture the conversion curve with this tool that we call Conversion Insights. It's enormously powerful because it shows very clearly how quickly, or I should say, what the conversion rate is across different page load buckets. And so what you'll see with almost every customer is that you know, their conversion rate will be quite high with page loads that go out to you know, sometimes three seconds, sometimes five seconds. And then you can see a very steady decline across you know, as those page load times increase. So a four second page load average, now you see the conversion rate go down for that section. And you look at the next part of the chart, it's five seconds, conversion rate goes down farther. So a really powerful analytic tool and very visually helps our teams communicate the value of improving performance. Um, and, and quite often what that means for someone who's running an e-commerce site is they can show internally the value of doing this performance project. And then finally, for some of the folks that we work with, they'll actually run a split test. Um, and so, you know, we enable uh, folks that have enough transactions to get a statistically significant test in place to actually look at a treated versus untreated segment, not just for performance, but then also for the conversion rate as well. And that makes it, you know, again, gives you another proof point. Um, in a very structured and rigorous way to know exactly what the, the benefit is of improving conversion or improving performance for your site. Yeah, I, I think that's the critical thing is being able to, to, to demonstrate and prove the impact. And the, I guess I've got a related question for you is I hear this banded around a lot from people is we've got to be our page speed's got to be one second. It's got to be one second. And it's a, it's a number without context and, you know, speed on its own is isn't necessarily you, know, you can shave off marginal amounts without impacting conversion massively. Do you have you found that there is a typical sweet spot where where actually you need to get your page speed below this threshold, but one second is you know might not actually be the right amount of investment. So you could spend endless amounts of money to get to one second, and it have an absolute marginal impact on conversion. So how do you find that balance between getting the speed as low as possible versus 
maintaining the page content and, and UX so that the conversion's good. Yeah, James, that's a, a really important point. Um, speed is really important in the context of a well-functioning site. Uh, and so what we'll find with that conversion curve that I discussed, you know, looking out across conversion rate, across uh, increasing page load times, what we find is that there's typically an inflection point. Uh, and rarely is that inflection point at one second or two seconds for that matter. But usually once you get into the three second range, uh, up to about five, five and a half seconds, we find that there's an inflection point for a given brand or retailer where the conversion rate starts to really decline. Uh, and that's part of the power of using uh, Yoda's technology and going through a trial with Yoda is that you get very clear visibility into uh, where that inflection point is. The second part of this, which I think is interesting, is a lot of folks will try to put their site on a diet start taking functionality off their sites to try to achieve that faster page load time. Uh, but the reality is like those technologies are pretty, being put on there by marketing teams that are trying to win traffic, um, deploy better functionality to, to make a great user experience. Um, and so, you know, one of the key things that we think about is breaking that trade off, right? We don't want folks taking lots of stuff off their site uh, to try to get faster all the time. Yoda's technology is built to be able to enable e-commerce and marketing teams to have all the gadgets that they want while also getting that really fast site performance. Yeah, that, that's a really nice way of articulating actually. And I think this is the key thing because it always worries me when when a somebody who doesn't understand the implications of, of shaving time off is driving the decision rather than working with the specialists who are quantifying and qualifying what the impact is. So I've seen it before where it's, no, you've got to get it to one second so you cut all the third party stuff and you end up screwing the customer experience or you screw your marketing uh, and your like remarketing capabilities because you've turned off tags so actually your conversions impl imp uh, impacted somewhere else um so you, you mentioned earlier about uh, like you, the, the the cdn stuff and the kind of the standard optimization and you talked about serving the appropriate you know content images html based on device what do you do specifically in terms of image optimization i'm really keen to hear about that because is it is it is it more than compression or is it just about compressing images to to put them into the the most optimized version for that device and bandwidth yeah i mean that's that's a lot of it actually i mean we do i mean there's several things we do obviously there's loss lossless compression where you're just sort of removing the metadata and making it smaller and not changing the image quality there's um, lossy compression, we're actually changing the image quality and reducing the size. Um, there's re there's transcoding, which is putting it into the best format for the device. Most of the time, we see that most devices accept WebP, but what we're actually finding is that WebP isn't always the most optimal um, format for those devices. So we actually are working on technology to find um, when WebP may not be the most optimal and leave it in the original format. Um, just wholly do like what we've found through the history of Yoda, there's really no right answer. There's just not. Like there's no like there's no answer that just says, hey, I'll make everything HTTP 2.0 and my problem solve, change all my images to WebP. Like there's just never really that is never really that easy. So like that's sort of where our context intelligence comes in to figure out like where the most optimal um, assets is to be delivered and in which format. Um, there's um, lazy loading the image that we also do. So basically loading them um, as the user scrolls in them in the view, 
Um, resizing images we can do as well, or right-sizing them to fit the device. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things that you can actually utilize um, within our service to basically optimize the, the image assets. And the power here is not just in those techniques to make everything run really quickly, but in doing it in a way that's very accessible um, and implementable for an e-commerce team. So the, the platform enables uh, users, whether at um, you know a great uh, system integrator partner or within the e-commerce team themselves, to have great visibility into where the bottlenecks are, where the opportunities are to actually improve performance, and then do it in a really lightweight, no-code way. So, you know, when we talk about lazy loading, Yoda's technology makes it super simple to make sure that you're only loading the right things at the right time, you know, from the image perspective and so on. It's it's those types of, of technologies that now are, are packaged in a way to make them easy to, to deploy, easy to maintain, and easy to enhance as your site changes uh, that I think make the, the technology so powerful. And what are some of the best improvements you've seen? Like why, are, um, like why were some of these more extreme, uh, maybe on some sites than others as well? Yeah, I mean, it comes down, I think there's several areas. Obviously, I mean, a lot of the performance that we get improvements are in the third-party area. That's why we actually have uh, a separate product um, that focuses primarily on uh, third-party um, sequencing and prioritization. Then that's one area. The content optimization, where we're optimizing images, um, we're optimizing the CSS, we're applying lazy loading is another bulk um, set of improvements. And for websites um, that are sort of in that um, mid-tier of size, um, maybe they're using Salesforce, like we have a technology that we call Instant On, which basically allows us to depersonalize an HTML page and serve that from our cache. So your first byte time, you can start, the browser can start requesting all the internal assets, the CSS and JavaScript very quickly while their server is responding to um, the end user's request and then deliver that personalized content. That actually saves a bulk of time too. Um, some of the things that we've done in the past that don't really apply too much anymore is the old traditional FEO practices like combining JavaScript and minifying them. They have pretty limited um, applicability to today's websites either because they're already doing it or they're just using a hosted platform like a Shopify or Salesforce or Magento or, or Oracle. So um, one of the things that uh, you've um, published recently that I found really interesting, and I know you did one last year, I think you did one last year, um, was the analysis around different third parties and the impact they generally have on performance. Um, so what are some of the kind of worst culprits, maybe in terms of categories or specific providers, however you want to answer, I guess? Well, I won't call out any specific providers. Yeah, um, I'm, sure I'm sure I'll get a cease and desist letter based on that. Um, <laughs> but um, the the main culprits are um, ad tech. Obviously, ad tech is is just a big offender generally on the website and on the whole entire web. That is the primary 
um, issue with third parties. Um, but we don't really, I mean, we do see a lot of people using ad tech for retargeting and stuff. Um, it's not traditional, like the, e, um, the content provider sort of ads. Um, the other one that we see that's a big uh, contributor to performance issues is uh, review systems. Every customer want, loves a review. Like probably the first thing I do on any website is go read the reviews. Um, so they provide a lot of value, but um, the amount of content that is generated and the amount of code that is needed to put those into um into the application web and into the web pages is actually quite substantial. So um, we do see the performance uh, issues with that. Uh, the next one would be personalization. Um, so there would be a bunch of things that we've seen. And one thing to clear up like on that is not necessarily really the third-party providers that are just doing things wrong. Like, we talk to a lot of third-party providers and they all have like performance initiatives and make it faster. Um, it's really just about the, one of the challenges is there's just is no browser standards or technologies other than Yoda that allows you to do that prioritization and um, scheduling of those services. So while Bizarre Voice um, provides an awful lot of features and functionality and makes the makes conversion on the website higher like it does provide a performance challenges so we can actually bring in um, that third party uh, when the user is actually looking at the at the reviews so obviously that you get the advantage of the third party but without the challenge of the performance and um you mentioned personalization there and i guess i feel like one of the areas where i've seen uh some vendors get slower or have a bigger impact on performance um is product recommendations like and are there any are there any other kind of categories or would you agree with that but also are there any other categories where you think the impact's getting bigger and you know they're having a, a more influence on the kind of load times of site yeah i mean product recommendations i put that as sort of in the personalization category i mean there are definitely um, a lot of issues um with those things um, I mean, one of the challenges with the personalization is they're using, um, it actually goes back to like the images. A lot of the images that they're actually serving out haven't traditionally been optimized. So they're serving out very large images, even though they take up a substantially smaller portion of the screen. And again, the way that they're injected um, is that I have to put these on screen right away, even though that they're sort of way down below the fold. Like rarely is the um, product recommendations or also bought or any one of those sort of widgets um, the first thing you see on the screen. So um, that's that's where that scheduling comes again. Um, I mean, some of the other personalizations and A-B testing functionality can get tricky. Um, not necessarily because of that technology, but just the way that in which people use it. Um, one of the challenges with these third parties is that the implementer of the third party a lot of times isn't really a performance expert. Like they're not, I mean, they're, and they may not even just be a technical person. They may be, they've made it so easy to install these things via tag managers that people without the skill set necessary to determine, hey, this should be actually on the page and this is the way it should work are not the people who are actually putting it on the page. And that is some of the stuff that Rich was mentioning, our collection of data, is that our data can actually be used as a way to facilitate great conversation between the tech teams and the business that has sort of, you can go at 
and understand the performance implications of these third parties in a, in a very analytical way instead of saying, hey, you just stuck this thing on my website and now it's crap. Like you can basically have a really analytical website that says, hey, I put this put this third party on the website and after it was installed, it contributed 1.5 seconds of performance across the website. So let's go back and revisit there's maybe there's a better way to implement this. Maybe there's a better, maybe there's techniques we can use to optimize it. Um, and they can have those conversations. And that in and of itself is super helpful for third, for website owners. Um, Cause you don't really want to have one guy put the web thing on the web page and another person say, Hey, you got to take this off and you go back and forth with no real information. Right. This is not the, a good way to go about it. So having you've obviously worked with a lot of different websites, which, and you would have come across lots of different third parties. Some that you're quite commonly used, and others less so. Like, what advice would you have for third parties in terms of how do you think they can reduce their their their, their negative impact they have on performance? So, is it about the the mode that which it's implemented? Um, is it that simple, or or is it more about how how they're actually building out how their their code is getting delivered into the website? Yeah, so we we started probably in the last 18 months working with a lot of different third parties and and helping them answer that question. I think there's there's three things we usually talk about. One is help the customer measure the performance. You know what I mean? Of that third party, like the customer, the third parties really don't provide a lot of performance information. Um, there's a header that you can actually add to all your resources that allows Yoda and other vendors to pick up like more granular information about the third parties. Um, so that's one area. The second area is really about how the customer installs a third party on the website. Most website owners are applying like asynchronous loading. Um, they're using Yoda to schedule the third parties. Make it really easy for the website owners or companies like Yoda to basically asynchronously load and schedule those third parties. And then the third area is about the service themselves is really focus in on delivering the assets in a very optimized way and making sure that you're reducing the dependencies in your third party, um, reducing the overhead of like images, um, com obviously concatenating and compressing your JavaScript, um, doing all of those, delivering it via HTTP 2.0. I mean, so there's a lot of obviously things that go into that implementation of the service. Um, you really want to apply that as well. And one of the things additional to that is allow the customers to have a specialized bundle for their particular implementation. If I'm a review system and I'm not, and I'm just using the ratings, I shouldn't also have to download all of the reviews functionality as well. So if you're thinking about like a pro on a product category page where I have a, a hundred images or a hundred different products listed and all I'm showing is the, is the ratings for those. I don't want to basically pull down all the content for the reviews for those third parties, or I don't even want the, the review content to come down or any of the review engine. I just want the rating system. That should be very lightweight. So those are fundamentally the three areas that we typically talk to about uh, performance with third parties. Excellent. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I guess it's quite useful for people listening who might be considering 
using the services of, of specialists like yourselves, that, that, that it's not just you doing something in isolation, but there is a collaboration with third parties as well. And often, I mean, I've, yeah, I've seen this on loads of implementations where third party scripts just turn what was a really well tuned application into something that loads like a dog on slower connections on mobile. So very interesting. And linked to that, platforms so you obviously work across loads of different you've worked on will have worked on projects with loads of different e-commerce platforms under the hood do you work have you worked with specific platforms more commonly like do you mainly work on projects like shopify SaaS projects or, or does is it across everything and then linked to that is do you see any pros and cons of the different platforms uh, and their architecture in terms of the ability to to you know improve performance so I'll take the first half of that question. So we actively monitor um, what platforms our customers are using. Uh, and I, I think what we're finding is that it generally mirrors the adoption um, of platforms in the industry. Uh, so when we look at our data, most recently, what we're finding is uh, huge growth, particularly in the number of accounts that are running Shopify. Um, obviously, lots of momentum around that ecosystem right now. Lots of third parties that are getting deployed uh, to make those sites uh, even more full function. You know, they've got a great app store. And in fact, you can go on the Shopify app store and even get Yoda now uh, to make all that stuff run well. So, so we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of our customer base on or moving to Shopify and even some of the larger um you know, brands are now moving to that platform, whereas, you know, maybe historically it might have been more SMB focused. Um, second to that is uh, is Salesforce Commerce Club. Uh, obviously, um, a stalwart of the, the industry now, great features, really impressive ability to run at scale. And so we see a lot of folks on that pl platform as well. And again, a lot of folks that are moving uh, to that platform uh, too. And then, you know, we then we see the, you know, kind of, some of the historic platforms. And so Oracle Hybris um, behind that and uh, and then coming up, you know, and starting to take some market share, we're seeing um, some of the other, you know, uh, I don't call it more modern, but but newer entrants into the space. So folks like uh, e-commerce tools, for instance, uh, as well. About 25% of what we see is actually homegrown, which I think is really interesting. So Yoda's technology is built to be agnostic. Um, to the platform itself. As Bob has described, we're really injecting intelligence into the browser, uh, and that allows us to run on any platform or on these homegrown platforms. Uh, and so, you know, it's interesting to see a lot of folks have built their own technology to get specific control or specific pieces of functionality. And even for them, they know that when they're looking at their list of projects to go implement, um, they're focusing on things that they can do uniquely for their business and then bringing in Yoda uh, to help them manage performance, right? You know, we're the, the experts in that, you know, have a competitive advantage uh, in terms of our ability to see data across many sites and make that stuff run really well, where they know their customer experience separately and they can build lots of unique widgets uh, or elements of the customer experience to move the site forward from that perspective. So that's what we see from a, an overall adoption perspective. And Bob, maybe you can answer, uh, you know, what we see from a, a performance perspective across the different platforms. Yeah, I mean, on the performance side, I mean, the, the performance of all of the 
commerce platforms today are about the same. They're going to say they're widely different. And the way they're, they're going to sell you is going to be like, you come to our platform, you're going to have the fastest application in the whole entire world. It's way faster than your current system. Um, it's sort of a little smoke and mirrors on how they achieve that is because when you're going through the re-implementation process or the sales process, they don't include all the third parties. They don't include all the features and functionalities that you spent 10 years on your existing platform. So of course it's going to be super fast. Um, but when you start adding all those things back up, like it gets slow again. So, um, I mean, for us, I mean, it really is agnostic. We we don't really see too many giant performance gains as customers move around um, from platform to platform. Um, it's about the same. When you're picking a platform, you really should pick it based on the features that are going to help drive um, drive your business from the e-commerce perspective like whether it's ship to ship from store or like any of the features that are in that realm rather than the performance of your website um you mentioned uh commerce tools um earlier um and with some of those kind of newer platforms and the whole kind of moveless movement towards kind of headless um architecture or headless builds um do you have like that same level of demand because obviously dependent on the stack and how things are built there's kind of I, those architectures are generally associated with better uh performance um and how does the product set differ and is it is it like the whole product or are there certain features that people with those kind of more modern architectures are looking for on the on the headless thing that's i mean it's, it's been a pretty big boom for the last year i mean we don't see i mean we're not seeing like all of our customers move to headless currently um but it goes back to just the fundamental stuff like third party or e-commerce websites are going to have third parties they're going to have images managing and optimizing your images is super important for those um, managing and optimizing um, the third parties security like all the things that we sort of sell to any website are sort of um, super useful to like the headless commerce as well um, I mean people are moving to like single page applications um, so in those things um, we provide the same analytics and same third-party optimizations uh, image optimizations again um, things that we can do related to like service workers and functionality like that um, also provide value where you're doing pre-caching and, and um, rewriting of assets um, on the client side are also super helpful for those headless commerce and the single page applications. And are there any kind of new offerings or features that you're currently working on or any kind of new platforms that you're looking at building integrations with? So a couple of things that we're really excited about in terms of new product and, um, and new packaging. One is this Shopify app that we've now got in the app store. Um, so we've packaged up Yoda's core intellectual property into this product called Rapid and now further packaged it into an implementation that you can get in the app store there uh, with just a couple of clicks, get up and running, get a trial to see how much faster it's going to make uh, your site uh, and get access to a lot of the IP and knowledge and data um, that we're able to bring together, including being able to see how things are running in the site, um, what third parties are causing violations and, and um, how each of those is performing. So we're enormously excited about being able to bring 
uh, Yoda's technology into such an easy to deploy, easy to use um, interface and making it much more accessible uh, across really any e-commerce site that's, uh, that's running on that platform. Second thing that's been great is uh, our product called Service Control. That's newer. It's built on the same technology platform um, that Bob has led the team to, to build and enhance over the last few years, but now also allows us to uh, improve some of the security and information governance on sites. Um, so, you know, with each one of these third-party JavaScripts that are running on the site, there's uh, an increased opportunity for uh, a bad actor to try to do something like scrape data or um, inject content on a page. We're actually able now through this product called Service Control this, to give a, a number of protections um, that will do things like preventing form scraping and, um, and controlling some of the CSP uh, implementation to make those sites run more securely and give you a higher level of confidence that your customers' experience and data are, are well protected. Um, so those two things I think are, are very big as we head into the coming year. Uh, but on the Shopify side, we're, we're super excited about being able to make that easily available. Uh, and again, with a free trial and access to analytics, uh, we think it's a, a no-brainer for anybody who's running a, an e-commerce site. Bob, anything you'd add to that? Um, I mean, I think in the coming year, like we're going to be doing a lot more around the single page applications. We're starting to see some customers take it, take advantage of our analytics. Like one of the things that we can do um, that's hard for them currently is to track the analytics of the transition style pages where you're going from like the home page, the category page or the product detail page. You spent all of that work in building the single page application. And you can't even show like how fast those transition pages are compared to like when you come to the website um, for the first time. So, um, getting that getting that more widely available to our customer base is something. And I mean, I think service the service control product um, in the upcoming year is definitely going to be a big area of growth for us. I mean, we're already seeing pretty good adoption with it currently. Um, I mean, customers are traditionally worried about um, what's going on on the website. I mean, it's funny, like, you know, I mean, like if any person who who runs like a high performance application on the web would just never allow like any person just to randomly install third parties or libraries or applications on their infrastructure. Um, but they really do just allow people to do that with the application with in the client side. So we're really fundamentally thinking about how can we take like this performance and security and build like, you know, and so sort of a complete governance for third parties and provide that information about what's going on, um, not only related to performance, but information access, um, content access, and, uh, and just a wide variety of things that third parties have the ability to do once they're installed. So it sounds like there's just a few things on the, uh, on the roadmap for 2021 then. It's going to be a busy year. Ah, just a couple of things. No, we have a lot of time at home now, so like it's perfect. <laughs> exactly. And it's also it's really, really light technical things you're trying to address as well. So should be done by end of January, yeah? That's what we're hoping. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it really interests. It's really interesting to hear where you're going with it and what the, uh, what the focus will be. Um, 
if you talked about the, you know, obviously um, some of the developments, buttons like Shopify and free trials, if, if people listening in have got like, more detailed questions or want to explore how um, you know, to work for, for their platform, uh, how should they reach out and who do? Well, they can certainly reach out directly to, to Bob or to me. Uh, you know, we're, we're easy to find on LinkedIn and other places or go to yoda.com uh, and you can download a free trial there um, and also reach out to our team there. And of course, as I mentioned, go to the Shopify app store if you're running Shopify, um, grab the free trial and we can get in touch with you that way as well. So I think those are, are great ways to, to learn more, start the journey. Um, and I think that's particularly important right now. You know, as, as e-commerce teams are moving through this holiday peak, you know, potentially getting towards the back end of the holiday peak and think about all the things that they want to do next year in terms of new functionality they want to deploy, changes to the customer experience, new ways to acquire traffic. Um, performance should be a, a key enabler of how you make sure that those projects are going to be successful and frankly, a foundational element before you go take those on. Um, so I'd encourage everybody who's thinking, wow, I've got a bunch of things I want to do for my site next year uh, to use something like Yoda to make sure that you've got the right performance infrastructure in place. So those things are not going to slow down your site and you're just going to get all the upside of the, the functionality using them. And so, say uh, somebody's listening, they're an e-commerce manager or head of, and they've not worked in optimization for, and they like the idea of a trial. What can they expect? Is it they down they they basically download and use it? Is it self-service, or is there kind of an onboarding for people who are less technically savvy and maybe need a bit of handholding? Great. So, so we've got both pieces of the equation available uh, to folks that want to use Yoda. So you can go to the app store in Shopify, or you can go to our site and start the download process there. Um, if you need some handholding, we've got a team of performance engineers uh, who are available to help you make sure that it's implemented correctly, that everything's running well, even help you with some custom optimizations or address some tricky challenges that you might be stumbling on. Uh, so a great team of really experienced folks, again, who've worked on customers as big as, you know, Land's End and, you know, all the way into the, the brands that are just beginning their journey uh, as well. So they're super experienced and available. But, you know, if you feel like you can do stuff on your own, or you just want to kick the tires, you know, going and, and downloading is a great way to go do that. And of course, we've got all the docs and everything to, to go with it, too. Fantastic. Thanks. Um, Paul, were there any other questions that you wanted to cover? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good introduction. I guess the only one actually um, is: are there any like are there any instances where you think that Iota is less impactful, or are there any kind of technologies that um, maybe you don't work as well with? Um, as far as like the technologies, like the platforms, homegrown, like we work really well with that. I mean, I mean where we don't, I mean where we haven't really um, gotten a lot of traction and. Like if you're like a giant website like Amazon, Walmart, where you have like loads and loads of performance optimization experts, um, I mean, you probably can handle most of the, the work yourself because, I mean, one, you're probably limiting most of the third parties on your website and you're doing and you're paying all of the CDN vendors millions of dollars every month. So, I mean, those companies typically have it um, covered. Um, but it is, I mean, the issue that everybody outside of like the top 
10 top 20 websites have is that the web, the user base, the browsers, their e-commerce platform are very complicated and they're constantly changing. Like we were talking on the sort of the intro before we got started about web vitals. Now web vitals are the, the newest thing. Um, like you really have to fundamentally change and learn, relearn all you knew about web performance to relearn like what's going to impact the web vital information, web vital scores, so that your um, Google ranking is higher. So like the web is so in flux all the time. Like the the metrics that the onload time that you you loved and you optimized like five years ago became timed interactive lighthouse score now becomes uh, web vital so it is it is really challenging for any company that is providing e-commerce on the web um, to know all of this stuff and and that's sort of where that's sort of why yoda exists we live and breathe the web performance um, area and we're providing solutions to help across all of those um, different things different metrics and, and just keeping on top of like what's going on in the industry to uh, help you jumpstart like your performance initiatives. Fantastic. Uh, it's been really interesting having you on. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time and talk us through yeah, your experience, what speeds up sites and how the, uh, how, how you to fits into that, that environment. So uh, you know, anybody listening who does want to find out more, do reach, reach out. Um, you know, reach out to Rich and Bob directly, or go through the website. And always, as always, feel free to to contact myself uh, or Paul. Um, so, big thanks to, to everyone at Yota for coming on today. Thanks everyone for listening. And I've now got thanks thanks to you guys. I've now got a new phrase that makes me sound smarter on site speed. It's called inflection point. I've not used that one before, so I'm adding that to my buzzword scorecard. It's brilliant. That is a good one. <laughs> Um, James, Paul, thank you. It's been great talking with you today. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks. And, and uh, for all the listeners, keep your ears open for the next podcast on our platform speed, security and performance series. We've got fraud management coming up with Signified. We've got an episode on analytics implementations for measuring performance as well with so analytics. So lots of really good practical advice. And thanks again to, to the team at Yota. Have a good day, everyone. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot, everybody.